Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. go that's the johnny mckegg band this is the piffles podcast your premier saskatchewan rough riders fan podcast episode 186 thanks so much for joining us my name is alex i am steve and i'm the bottom line because stone cold says so we record this on 316 day as we celebrate the greatness that is stone cold steve austin with our churchill brewing company beers is that a lot more you got there greg oh yeah i got a lot more Twinsies, twinsies, Belgian white, very nice choice. And the best part is uh, after three sixteen day is St. Patrick's Day, which is also a big holiday for rider fans, as it's another excuse for you to wear green. And that's when this show is released. Drinking, drinking beer, wearing green—that's just what rider fans call game day. <laughs> uh, or I think rider fans call a day. Or Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> give us a follow on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can give me a follow at Real Alex D. I suppose you could find me at Safamod. And I still do not need your pity follows at Greg on Sports. Check us out on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash Piffles Podcast. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Guys, I had a Reese peanut butter cup blizzard the other day. Oh my God. Peanut butter O'Henry the other day. So good. Just good life choices all around. My God. I need to get some ice cream. That's what I'm hearing here. I know a place, Steve. Can we speed this episode up? I'm I'm hungry. Well, let's get to it. Time for the opening kickoff. All right. So obviously not a lot of rider stuff to talk about. There's a little bit we'll get to in just a little bit. But Let's start off the show. We're going to talk about Randy's road trip. Randy Ambrosi, of course, getting back to doing this cross-country town hall where he circles around and doesn't really answer any of the questions that are asked of him by fans. But that's I hope he's wearing a cup tomorrow. That's all I know. But that's what commissioners do. And honestly, good for him for, for getting back out there and talking to fans directly and, and, and making himself seen because we have not seen Randy Ambrosi at all since the State of the League address at the Great Cup. And even before then, he wasn't around during the season last year. So it's about time we're finally getting to see him, and it's good on him to, to be able to go out to each market. Obviously, they feel comfortable doing it safely now, and we're going to get this Randy's road trip on Thursday at the stadium. So a couple things that have come out of his first couple stops in Calgary and Edmonton, and this is where we're going to and, and, and they're going to bring this up here in Saskatchewan as well, is a uh, couple things I want to talk about. The first one is this Drive to Survive style show that Randy Ambrosi talked about. Drive to Survive was the Netflix Formula One series that kind of brought you behind the scenes, got you to learn about the drivers, and and just apparently it's it's made a lot of fans of F1. F1's doing great now because they had this little thing the cfl is looking to do something like that obviously it won't be on netflix it'll be on crave because crave is owned by bell and that's just the way business works but this is something i really hope that they can get doing because 
the Ottawa Red Blacks are doing their Behind the R series, hosting a seven or eight minute YouTube video every at the end of every month. And the first couple have been fantastic. They need to be longer, but that's another thing. But this kind of a style show, do you guys like this idea? Because I love it. This is a great Absolutely. idea. Like, this is something I think, like, every, people have been saying for years the CFL needs their version of a hard knocks type documentary to kind of bring fans into it. Like most fans think they're experts already what goes on behind the scenes, so let's just show it anyway. So, like, this makes sense. This is a great way to market the league. I think one of the best things in my rider memorabilia is the 2013 uh, Grey Cup documentary where they talk to the players and they kind of got like uh, stories of uh, when they were decided to screw it. We're all running on the field. Not like stuff like that. Fans love let's, let's get more of that. Fans absolutely live for the idea that, like you said, they, they get to really experience it. And this league has long had an issue with sharing anything that's not on the field. You know, we, we talked for years about wanting CFL merchandise. We talked for years about wanting to see CFL salary. The league has been so adverse to giving us information. This is exactly what they need to be doing. They need to be jamming it down our throats 24-7 as much as humanly possible from every angle. And a series like this is a perfect way to do it. Now, they have this TSN wired that they that they do and that, that's all right. That's, there's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't give you the story of players. And that's what this needs to be. If they're going to do some kind of, you know, subscription show like this is give me a story of a player. Why should I cheer for a Cody Fajardo? If I'm just a, you know, a casual fan that maybe likes the CFL, doesn't love it. And I'll pay attention to it every once in a while, but give me a reason to tune in to these guys every single week. Hey, I saw on this, you know, drive to survive style show that player X plays video games with fans and here's his gamer tag and, and whatever. And you can actually literally talk to this guy any day that you want because he's playing games all the time or whatever it is, but tell us a story about the players, make them human and give us a reason to cheer for them. So if they can do something like this, I love it because clearly the CFL doesn't care about any of their archives or, or doing any kind of shows based on, you know, like NFL films has, and, and they've done a fantastic job in the NFL of bringing back really old games and stories from that. The CFL clearly doesn't want to do that. And that has to do with TSN wanting the monopoly on all the game footage and whatnot. And you very rarely see any of the games that used to be on CBC, but you got to give us something here. If like, you're going to do something, like you got to do something. Like I, to this day, I can't understand why they don't have someone cl- like crawl through that footage and do like little short, like one hour documentaries about like the fog bowl or something like that. Like get, get players telling stories of like, of a game. Like there's so many great gray cups and even just like a single games that you could easily sit down like a Stiegel or a Dunnigan and get a bunch of sound bites, throw it in, throw in some game footage, have a narrator talk about the game, and boom, you got an hour right there. But it's- the league is way too busy replaying the 2019 and 2013 and you know all of those great cups from the, the last decade to, to even think about 
looking back past that era. Look at look at all the games they showed during uh, the pandemic canceled season, where they were trying to highlight a few CFL games every now and again. It was a 2019 cup. It was the 2019 West Final. Uh, what oh, yeah, they hated, we... they hated the Riders. Uh, t- 2009 was a uh, was a yeah. replay, I think, four times. But like, give me, give me, I want a documentary about the Argos Great Cup with Rocket on the team and John Candy. Like, I want that story. And I'm a Rider fan. Like, I w- I want that. I w- I want the image of uh, Rocket almost getting hit by a beer can. Like, give me that over and over again. And something like this, and, and I mentioned the Ottawa Red Blacks were doing a great job and good on them for having the initiative to do something like this. This is something that needs to come from a league level. And this is the problem that we're seeing in the league right now is that they rely on their own teams to just kind of go ahead and make your own content. Just make something good. And the Riders and the Bombers do a good job, Ottawa as well, of, of you know doing like one minute teaser videos, uh, you know, previews to game kind of thing. But that has there has to be a CFL league standard to do that. Every team should be doing this. But you can also still do your your own videos if the riders want to have, you know, another. Oh, it's the Banjo Bowl, so have, you know, Scott Schultz or something way in. They can do their own thing. But there has to be something league level, league wide, that comes down out of this. Like they got to do something. Get everybody engaged. I don't know if you guys remember the old, I think it was, maybe it was on VHS, but I had the DVDs of the, the CFL traditions. They had the the set of nine with, with the Ottawa Renegades at the time. And those were great. But that was a short tradition. Yeah. But like, do stuff like that. Get, get some archives and, and just let's see something cool. Now, along that line, there's also another thing that they're talking about bringing out and it's the uh, we've seen it in the NFL. They've had it for a playoff game too, is the Nickelodeon style broadcast really try to appeal to the kids and get them watching the game with their parents and the parents will watch the game and yeah, they may not like this, you know, the, the slime cannons and whatnot, but they're still going to watch the game. They don't, they don't care about the side effects, but there's, they're like, but they're going to watch it. Right. And if it, you can get your kid to sit beside you for three hours and they're excited and they're asking you questions about the game. I think parents will overlook the fact that they hate a slime cannon for something like this. So if the league can do some sort of once a month broadcast with something like that, and Randy Ambrosi's hinted that there might be, you know, once the ball's thrown, if it's thrown by a rider, by Cody Fajardo, that there'll be a green slime trail following the ball. Remember the, the hockey puck, oh, Fox tracks, uh, the Fox puck. Oh. Yeah. If it has something like that, we're gonna call oh, Randy's or... root or what? Yeah, <laughs> but he hinted that there might be something like that, which again, I'm all for. And this is something that's coming from Genius Sports, one of the new league partners. And uh, we'll get to something about them in just a second. But again, we've talked about the Manning cast. That CFL needs to do something like that. It's Nickelodeon style cast. Do something. Get kids involved. Because the CFL fan base is only getting older and older. Get them young. Get them young, get them hooked, and you got a fan for life if you do it properly. <clears throat> I'd, I'd be curious to look at the numbers at those Nickelodeon games to see how many kids actually sat and watched the games. 
It's easy to look at it and go, well, that was child friendly and the numbers were up. I wonder if it was kids or if it was just us adults going, oh, this is different. I wonder what it looks like. It, it's a good idea in theory. I'd just be, I'd be curious to see what, what the numbers actually looked like in that under 18 demographic. Um, and on the flip side, you know, you look at Nickelodeon, what would you do in Canada? Would you have a Mr. Dress Up game? Like, what's the, what's the go-to there? Is YTV still a thing? It is. it is. Really? Yeah. Cool. But I, I don't see uh, PJ Fresh Phil out there, though. That's, that's the issue. <laughs> so do something like that, CFL. And I'm glad they're talking about this and they're throwing out ideas, whether they're actually going to come to fruition is another thing, but they're talking about this. And Genius Sports is apparently big into this is what they do for the NFL and, and they drive the data and, and game experiences and all that. Now, one thing that apparently this is according to Arash Madani of Sportsnet. So CFL fans take that for what it's worth because CFL fans hate Arash Madani. Um, Genius Sports is apparently pushing Randy Ambrosi and the CFL to go from three to four downs. Because math is hard. I don't know what to make of that because I love the NFL. I love the CFL. I love the, the differences between the games, but ultimately it's it's football right? The games are pretty similar, even though there is the differences. I'm not sure how well the CFL would do with four downs. I think the CFL audience is too narrow already in terms of who their fan base is. You're going to lose a lot of fans if you go to four downs. And I don't think the fans that you'll bring in from making a four downs is going to be enough. Oh, no, it'd be a hemorrhage. It'd be a hemorrhage. You'd put the Band-Aid on, and you might get a little bit of blood back. But that might be the straw that breaks the back. And don't get me wrong. I, lo- I love both styles of football. I, and in fact, NCAA is a third style of football because of the different rules, even though it's a four-down game. But like this came out. The, the word of this kind of got out at Grey Cup. And the league tried to play it down, but obviously where there was smoke, there was fire. So this is obviously something is really being discussed and it just blows my mind that it just wasn't like, nope, not today. We're not even talking about this right now. Now you have to look at it from the marketing side of things. Genius sports is now a league partner. They have a vested interest in watching this league grow. They literally profit if it grows. That's, that's their whole purpose of existing. I can't see them pushing something like this through to the point that it becomes a reality without doing a ton of market research and, and finding that there is value in it. But as a CFL fan, I don't want to see it. I love the CFL game the way it is, but I also want to see this league grow and, you know, prosper and survive. Cause it's, we've been on the precipice for years of, you know, no growth. The league is is just, it's suffering. Is this what we want to continue? We can't leave it the way it is. No, I, is I, this that? Go ahead. Sorry. No, and I, I, I agree. Like the league needs something, but you can't tell me that missing down is the missing spice in this jambalaya that we call the CFL. Like, 
it's 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 not if that's what's keeping people from watching the games is a missing down when nine times out of ten all I hear is about is how from my NFL fans only basically going well the CFL is terrible worse athletes they're the castoffs of the NFL they're not going to watch an extra down if they already think the athletes suck they're just going to think it's an extra down of crappy football. But on the on the flip side of that, if it's an extra down, but it it's rules that they recognize, it's it's a game that they recognize. They already they see the CFL in its current situation as a second tier league. That you know, oh, it's that three down, poor athlete garbage up north, right? The carnival more, football. Yeah. What's that? Carnival football, as uh, Pat McAfee calls oh, yeah, it. Pat McAfee calls it. Like it. The more you can get another market to recognize their game in how it's played, the more they might stick around and watch it. They don't want to learn a whole new game of football. They want to watch what they know. Yeah, but those people also didn't watch the UFL, didn't watch the original XFL, and all, all this other stuff. Like, there's been other four down leagues. People that are NFL fans are NFL fans. It's like, it's like, um, Heinz ketchup. They 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 like the brand. You pass them a bottle of Hunts, they don't care, even though it's basically the same thing. I I think if the CFL is smart, it's not the NFL fans that they're marketing to. You mentioned the other brand of football. They need to market to that NCAA crowd because the the style of football in the NCAA is a lot more open, like the CFL. And you can look at it and market to those guys and say, hey. Those guys that aren't making it to the NFL, those those players that you fell in love with at Nebraska and Florida State, they're not just playing in the NFL. They're playing up in Canada. And if they tune in and look at those rules and see the four downs and the very similar style of play, maybe it clicks. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't want to see the change happen, but I can at least understand why I think that they're pushing for it. Three, three or four downs isn't going to change me from going to a game. Now, I realize I'm in the minority of, of that market that they're going for. The problem that the CFL has right now is who they're going for in the, like, in the main young audience. Someone brought this up, and it's a really good point. Regina flag football, the young kids playing. They're wearing NFL jerseys. Their team names are NFL team names. Mm-hmm. Belton Johnson coaches the Raiders. My kid was a Patriot this year. God bless. The CFL passed on putting money into the grassroots. Mm-hmm. I get it. The CFL doesn't have a lot of money, but they passed on that. The NFL is like, yeah, sure. You can use our logo and whatever, and we'll we'll fund this because the, when the kids see football, they're going to associate that with the NFL. They're not going to associate anything with the CFL. The CFL missed the boat on that. These are their own homegrown kids who should be growing up dreaming of winning Grey Cups. Instead, all they see is NFL. And you look at youth sports. There's no national broadcasts of youth sports games on TV. Sportsnet walked away from that. TSN walked away from that. Sportsnet does a little bit and we had to basically bitch and moan to get the the U of S Huskies like Mitchell bowl 
on TV. It was streamed. We had to watch it on CBC Gem. Even this, even the CJFL players that are just as good as CIU sports, sometimes even better because there's a lot of uh, junior players rolling through the CFL. They all, all the, all they have is streaming deals. Like you can't even get the Canada Bowl on TV. They're missing the boat. The CFL is missing the boat on this because now, when you see this, like I said, you associate football with the NFL, and that's not how you grow. But you can catch a bowl game at Christmas between some Div 3 team in the, from the North and a Div 3 team from the South, and it's sponsored by New Era uh, headwear. Like, every, every Canadian had the opportunity to watch a coach get mayonnaise dumped on his head during bowl season. Oh, yeah, year. I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> mayonnaise shower. Come on. And the smartest thing the CFL ever did from a youth sports perspective they they reversed very quickly, and that was that was combining the Vanier Cup and Grey Cup into one weekend. It, it made happened. It, it happened for two years, oh. and, and that was what the deal was for. And then after that, they're just like, honestly, U Sports went away because they felt that they didn't get enough, you know, love. They did that week because it was all about the Grey Cup. Which yes, it's about the Grey Cup, but still. You can make a, a lot of events and everything around the Vanier Cup as well. It should be, if the Grey Cup is Canada's big football celebration, why would the Vanier Cup not be involved? Like, that makes no sense to me at all, whatsoever. The biggest, com- the biggest complaint I heard about that partnership was not a lot of CFL team, uh, not a lot of the college teams that were contenders back then, we're in anywhere near CFL team, so the, the the fans couldn't go or this and that and the other thing. No one cares. Get the get the teams out there. Get the fans in the stands. Get the, get the games on TV. If if you can't, if the fan can't find it, they ain't watching it. It's that simple. Make it easy for me to find you. Make it impossible for me to not find you. That's what the NFL does, and it works. Why do you think they're as big as they are? Because they're freaking everywhere. And it's brilliant marketing. And hopefully this is something that Genius Sports can actually bring in. Because they work with the NFL as well. Hopefully they can bring some of that into the CFL. And we start seeing the CFL everywhere. Especially in the offseason. Because right now, outside of the negotiation window of CFL free agency, even when CFL free agency opened, we knew all the moves anyway. Except for a handful of signings. We've had nothing for the last month and a half. And now, oh, regional combines. That'll get people excited about going to games. Come on. Only four of these 20 guys that went to this regional combine are moving on to the national combine. This is why you need the CFL week. Combine that. Bring back CFL week. Combine it with the national combine. I bet you if you ask the random fan or random CFL fan when the CFL combine was, 99% of them would have no idea. Now, to be fair, combines are terrible. Like they're they're just scouting tools. And even then, how often are you running a forty untouched at full speed when you're playing even, football? Even Never. even then, the measurables are dumb. Like, don't get me wrong. Hey, you're, you're proving you're an athlete. Good for you. But the measurables make no sense. If that's the case, Tom Brady never would have been in the league. Exactly. So, 
but you can still do stuff around that and, and make it a big thing. The NFL makes the combine a big deal and people still watch it. They put it on the background, even if they don't care about it, you can still do that with the CFL. You can do something. So just things like that, that the league needs to work on. Hopefully this is something genius sports can bring in and the board of governors and Randy Ambrosio will take the, the flack for it. And people will say, well, he operation didn't human it. shield. Yep. It's, it's up to the board of governors and they have to decide on that. Hopefully they figure it out. And I think now with a couple of the new people in place that we finally will have that going forward. I'm actually excited about some of the new ownership slash leadership in the CFL right now with BC and Edmonton, especially, I think we got some, finally got some fresh voices and it's not going to be the same guys over and over and over again. I, I think there's going to be some positive changes to this league. Uh, just we'll see where it goes. We'll bring up Edmonton in just a little bit. Cause I do want to talk about one thing that they, that they did. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to that in the, in the odds and end zones coming up here. Um, but one more thing in the opening kickoff we'll get to here is uh, we will talk some riders right now and uh, no moves really over the last little bit. They're really rolling with Mason Fine as the backup this year, hey? The memes are going to be great. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Obviously, they saw something in them to bench Harker in the playoffs. So I don't know if that's a testament on Fine or a testament on Harker. Um, but yes. Yeah, exactly. So I like I, everything I've seen of his film. I like. He's just really small i mean really I mean, that, small that's not always a bad thing in the cfl that seems to be you know a hit or miss on what the small quarterbacks can do i i hope we never have to see him play but i have no issues with the with mason fine at, at backup i'd rather they spend the money elsewhere and and really load up the roster for for great cup year and look for a bounce back year from Cody Fajardo. I, who, who else are they going to sign? You know, one, one name that's out there that just came out is uh, Jamal um, Campbell. Yeah. Sign him tomorrow. Like literally sign him tomorrow. I am Sorry, surprised. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but Canadian right tackle starting for the offensive line, like uh, for the Argos the last few years. They just dumped him. We ran with Brett Boyko last year. I mean, you got to go after him, right? I'm surprised, they, they no, one, I'm surprised no one signed him yet. Like, I thought for sure the minute he got released, someone would pick him up. Oh, I'm sure his phone was ringing. If, if eight other teams aren't calling him the moment he got cut, then they all know something that we don't. And uh, I know Three Down Nation had a – they had an article about potential salary cap. The riders apparently have a ton of open space right now. They need to use that. And you can't, you can't hold on to it for the potential of Brandon Labatt, Brandon Labatt coming back. I think it's clear to anybody that he is done. And if they're saving that money for him, that's a huge mistake. They need to spend every single dollar plus 99,999 more of the salary cap. And I will fight every year that that is the correct way to run your cap. 
And if, if they can get Jamal Campbell, that solidifies that whole offensive line. That takes our biggest weakness from last year. And to me, turns it into a strength with Vaughn back and with, uh, with Campbell on the other end, bookending that line. I'd have no concerns about the O-line. There's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Let's get to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Um, before we talk about Edmonton here, the voice of the Riders, Derek Taylor, gone. Going back to Winnipeg, going back home. There is no voice of the Riders right now. And Ballsy from the Wolf is hosting the sports cage right now. The Riders only, or the CKRM's only hiring a new play-by-play person, apparently. Have no idea if that includes the sports cage, but it wasn't in their job posting. Really curious about that, especially as people know, I work for the competition. With the I, I just want to, I just want to thank everyone's nomination for me for Voice of the Riders, um, which obviously shows two things: one, they don't listen to this podcast, and two, they definitely have never heard my, me call the Thunder games. Greg, it was one person. Calm down. Well, yeah, he, he he has enough personalities for a couple people. <laughs> But I mean, one one for for Derek Taylor. I mean, going back home is important, and and that's where him and his wife or Fiona, you know, made their home, and she's from there, and and he's a he was a bomber fan growing up. So I mean, it's a good fit for them. Um, I think he'll do just fine there. Tough, big shoes to fill with uh, taking Bob Irving's spot, but. Uh, that's it's going to be they're going to the riders are going to be on to their third play-by-play person in three years which is unheard of so i'm really curious as to what direction they go in this if they want to go with somebody who's actually from saskatchewan who might not want to just ditch and go home after three years or if they go for the biggest name that they could possibly get rod black for example it's available (laughs) and i know rider fans will hate that but he's actually a very good play-by-play on the oh, radio. Oh, he is. Very capable. I just had to laugh, though. If you if you read that job posting, it's call the games and to write basically a blog. I'm like, well, maybe maybe we should throw piffles on the air and see what happens. Do a three, <laughs> three-man booth with, and then have Luke there. But I don't know. It's like Derek going home, so to speak, like, that's where he got his feet wet. That's where he did his uh, play-by-play for the Bisons. And so, yeah, he's he's going to fit into it. And I had to laugh when that job, when Bob Irving announced his retirement, I'm like, well, there goes DT. Kind of semi-joking, but it just made sense. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I love DT as much as the next guy, but that move made a lot of sense. And he, he's going to do great in Winnipeg. I know he will. Well, and if you read between the lines on some of the things he said between some interviews um, online on Rider fans and other places, there was not a lot of love between him and the Rider organization. It seemed like some either him, him and the Riders, or him and CKRM. Somewhere there was some stress, and I, I, I know I don't want to throw throw out random names or controversy or anything like that, but you know, it, it seemed to be that. Even if that job didn't open up, I don't think Derek Taylor was long for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and CKRM. He was brewing there. He was, yeah, for not saying anything, he was very open with what he thought. Yeah. 
there were things behind the scenes that he did not uh, particularly like or agree with. And apparently those are things that you need to like and agree with if you would like to be the voice of the riders. I've heard some things. I've heard names thrown out. I'm not going to throw them out because I don't know the complete situation. That's just not fair to anybody. But uh, from what I've heard, I completely side with DT on it, to be honest. I don't even have to know, and I'm pretty sure I side with DT on it. <laughs> just <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, like you, like amazingly enough, you haven't told me anything, but <laughs> I've got some good ideas. If you had a gun to my head, I'm pretty sure I could tell you a name or two. But it's it's no surprise that that environment is stressful. It's no surprise that environment is highly demanding between both the CKRM part and the riders part for different factors. And unfortunately, as being a rider fan, being the voice of the riders, you're in a fishbowl and everything is micromanaged and there's a microscope on you and there's a lot of voices that are going to tell you whether you're right or wrong and the the wrong ones that say you're wrong are always the loudest so it'll be interesting because we got uh, training camp starting up in less than two months now guys so i'll be really curious to see what they do but uh luke melinda and a sock puppet it all right i want to talk about edmonton now guys god bless chris jones like we're going to talk about Edmonton every episode for the rest of the year. But I have to give them some props on something. So uh, they're, they're doing a lot of good stuff right now. But uh, he's back. Jerron Carter back in the CFL. And th- I know this happened almost a month ago. Um, it was right after we did our last show. And Jerron uh, Carter back as a defensive back with the Edmonton Elks and Chris Jones. And I'm all for it. I love me some Duran Carter. The league is better when he's in there. He's a character. He takes fans out to movies. We saw that when he was here. More, more Duran Carter in the CFL, please. But it's such a Chris Jones thing to do just to sign a guy again, who hasn't played football in a couple of years, who is, you know, coaching at a prep school in Florida and just be like, Hey, you want to come play? Okay, sure. Done. Just like he did with Darius Bowman, who ended up retiring. There's two things that are the best part about this entire story. One, Chris Jones talked a guy to leave a school hanging, like he did. (laughs) Two, Chris Jones had this deal in place before free agency started, and he told he basically made Duran swear to God not to say anything until many, many days in a free agency so we could lock up a bunch of other guys that probably weren't going to go there once they found out Duran was going. Ed Gainey. <laughs> I seem to recall Ed Gainey saying some not-so-nice things uh, during during a, an interview, but that's besides the point. At, I, um, at symbol ampersand K Duran Carter, I think was the exact quote. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Uh, although it might have been lost in translation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I he he's not actually coming back as a defensive back, right? Like he's going to pay play receiver. You cannot have a guy like him. He was not a good defensive back. He was okay. Well, the funny thing is, is we had him on the green zone a couple days after he signed and he said, 
as a receiver, he lost interest in it. And I mean, we all see practices and games. Yeah. If the ball, yeah, we know him, if, if the ball not- wasn't coming towards you, Duran, you definitely weren't interested. Yeah. So he says, this keeps me on my feet. This literally any given time, they could be picking on me at defensive back. So I have to be paying attention. So maybe for him, this is a good move because it actually keeps him invested in the game. Who knows? Obviously, you, you got move a guy from receiver to defensive back. You're going to get burned like he did by Chris Williams. Uh, how many times with Montreal against us here in Saskatchewan? But like, I mean, you're going to have growing pains, obviously, in that. But maybe it's a it's a good situation for him. But like you look at the free agent list of defensive backs still on the market. There are a dozen of them that are all better than Deron Carter was as a defensive back. I just, th- this, this to me screams Chris Jones saying, I know better than you. That's all this is. He wants to turn Deron Carter into an all-star defensive back so he can give the middle finger to every other person in the CFL. Well, That's everyone, all this is. Everyone keeps up. Every, like we, of course we talk about Deron, but everyone forgets he tried Joe Craig back at defensive back. He tried Ricky Collins out at defensive back. Like the Riders' practices were receivers just like defensive back. But anyway, I, I do want to get, be serious and give some props here to the Edmonton Elks. Again, it's got to go to Victor Kui and everything that they're doing on, in Edmonton. He was just on the Turf District podcast, their last episode. Check that out. It's a fantastic interview. I watched the live stream. Um, I wish we could clone this guy eight times and put him in every single CFL market. I joked with Steve before this very first question I would have for Victor Kui. We'll get him on the show sometime is when are you going to be CFL commissioner? Because this guy just gets it. He understands business. He knows how to build a multi-billion dollar enterprise with one fighting championship. And, but the guy's a local, he's from Edmonton. And everything he's doing in the community is they're bringing the community back. They're doing, you know, spotlights on local places and they're hiring local people and they're doing all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, this guy just gets it. That's what people want. That's what the CFL fans want. They want local. They don't want, what was it? Chris Presson was their previous president. He was a guy from Arizona. Arizona Rattlers uh, arena football team. Yeah. This guy doesn't know anything about the CFL. Victor Quig went to games as a kid with his dad. His dad got him into football. So this is a guy who grew up in the league, becoming a fan, went off and ventured and, and did his own thing and made it very, very successful. And he's bringing that right back to the CFL. And if you look at, look at Elks fans from last season, they were miserable. The on-field product sucked. They felt disconnected from their team. They're coming back now. Even simply bringing back the double E logo, which they shouldn't have gotten rid of in the first place, but bringing the logo back. Alex, you're kind of uh, in an aquarium right now. How is this? Is this better? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I did not do anything different. (laughs) Double E logo. Uh, Double E logo. Let's go from there. So even just bringing back the double E logo, which they never should have gotten rid of in the first place, but bringing that back, you're bringing back the older fans who still spend a lot of money in the CFL, they're still very connected and you're going to keep that tradition alive. And I'm normally somebody that's like, 
whatever about tradition like some of it's fine but like evolve and move on but that the cfl is so stuck in tradition that you can't ignore it you have to go with it and he gets that and, and that's he's gonna what... do some and he's gonna do some wonderful things in edmonton and greg you mentioned the uh what uh amar dolan the uh, new owner of the bc lions he seems to have that same kind of thing where community is a big thing we're not the Vancouver Lions. We're the BC Lions. So we're going to get out into the community. We're going to get to Victoria. We're going to get out, you know, to Abbotsford. We're going to go to different places around and and make this our team. And I think the more that that happens, look what happened with Saskatchewan, how they got to be such the flagship franchise that they were for a long time, was they were out in the community. It really felt like the province's team, not just one place. Yeah, the Riders could not su- survive if they were just the Regina Rough Riders. I'm sorry. And I think that's why also the Saskatchewan Rush have been so instrumental in Saskatoon as well is because people drive from Regina to go to a Rush game, and that's not fun to do in the winter. I mentioned before when we were talking about Edmonton that we're going to be bringing up Edmonton on a weekly basis as we do this show throughout the year. We're going to be bringing up Victor Quee throughout the year. This is going to turn into a Victor Quee appreciation podcast. Everything he does... <laughs> hits like i don't think he's he's swung and missed yet i'd argue in the helmet but that's that's me i'm sorry no i'm sorry as i i I like the helmet but that helmet that he accidentally unveiled while showing off those chocolates i think was better with the oval and the old style double e inside the helmet but with the with the new e i i think that was a perfect mix i i hate the giant ee i do but but you're you're they needed to go back to that because it made no sense. They picked an E name so they could keep the double E only to change the logo and then throw antlers on the helmet. It made no sense. <laughs> Nothing that team did between 2019 and 2022 made any sense at all. They just, they couldn't get out of their own way on and off the field. You know, th- things are changing now. They, they turned around, uh, on the field, even they've they've made a lot of good moves. They they picked up uh, what's his name from Winnipeg, the Grey Cup MVP, Castillo. Sergio Castillo. Yeah, like they're they seem to they they seem to be doing all the right things, and it starts at the top. And I, you know, I I have full respect for what he's done so far. I really want to get him on the show. He seems like a guy I would just love to sit down at a table with, have a beer, and talk football. Not even Elks, just football. Just, or life, or anything. He just seems to be a guy that would, like, keep your attention and hold it for the entire meal. And that's what the CFL needs more and more of, because they're lacking it. And hopefully we get that with, like we mentioned, the BC Lions. And maybe the Montreal Alouettes. We haven't really heard much of their new owners over the last couple of years. They've kind of just stayed in the background. But hopefully, now that the season's going to get you know, we're only two months away from the season that hopefully uh, we'll start hearing more about them. One other thing before we get going here on the Piffles podcast this week is uh, the CFLPA filed to begin negotiations with the league about a new CBA, a new collective bargaining agreement. And this is just because of the labor standards in Canada. When you have a, a union, one of the two sides has to put forward a motion basically filing to say, Hey, we're willing to talk now. And then they can actually talk about a, a labor deal. We just saw the MLB finish off their ugly lockout 
And I know deadlines make deals and that's what happened with the MLB and they're still going to have a full 162 game schedule, which is way too long in baseball, but that's beside the point. Um, Fans were getting pissed. Baseball fans were mad about this because it was a dumb lockout that happened in December. They didn't even bother talking until February. And then they made up some BS deadline. deadline. Yeah. We have to hit this. Otherwise we're going to cancel games. And then their clown of a commissioner, Rob Manfred, who's an absolute joke, comes out, cancels the first week of the season and starts laughing in his press conference about it. The CFL cannot afford to get to that point. The current CBA is uh, up on May 14th, which is the day before training camps start. There better not be this arbitrary date of May 16th, if we don't have this, then we don't have preseason games on the 23rd, which is when the Riders are supposed to have their first preseason game. They cannot get to this level. So please, my plea to the CFL and the CFLPA, start talking now. Because right now, there's no plans to talk at all. There's nothing scheduled. The rules committee is going to meet in Vegas. Because who doesn't like a weekend in Vegas? But the league and the players are not going to speak until when. We have no idea. Get this done, CFL. It needs to get done. Do it quick. Show your fans that we want to work on this. And I know deadlines make deals, but you cannot get to that point. You cannot afford to lose anything. I don't think they'll end up losing any time. But even moving a preseason game, like you cannot afford to do that right now, CFL. Everything you do has to be perfect. Because you've already lost a lot of fans the last couple of years from 2020 of not playing 2021 to only allowing certain members of society to actually enter games. And that's just the way it was. You can't do this in 2022. You cannot do this. I I have to admit, I did not have Alex loses his mind on Rob Manfred on my Piffles podcast bingo card. uh, Oh, that's the free spot. This guy's an idiot. (laughs) I was also. I, 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 was I looking, thought me doing a Bruno parody was on the free spot. Oh yeah, I haven't hit that yet. There's still time. <laughs> I I was looking at the the lineup and I saw rant of the week and I'm like, we don't really have a rant. And the moment I thought that, you went off on Rob Manfred, so we're good. And the moment you you make any kind of Bruno song reference, I I kid you not, I am logging out of this call. <laughs> you threaten me with a good time. <laughs> there will be no clothes for me and what you know what's funny you you make those jokes i actually like the music my kids have watched it so many times i know every line in that entire movie i just hate when you do it you it's your fault oh well. but, but i agree with everything but, alex said get a deal though. let's go but uh, the amount of years we've had this podcast i'm surprised uh alex you've never actually witnessed a cfl uh CFLPA negotiation because this is exactly what happens every bloody time. I almost dropped another F word here. <laughs> every time, every time they yep. wait to the last possible minute, and then all of a sudden it's a scramble. Oh, we need to, and then they're playing without an agreement, but they've got a deal in principle. No, that's gone. Oh, we're going to cancel games. Oh, we're going to walk out. No, it never happens. Ish. Get the deal done, people. Like. CFL fans don't need nothing. We had people getting kicked out of hotels. We've had people get free scarves and uh, mugs. Like, 
we, we have our own problems as fans. We do not need you playing hokey pokey with the season. One day, one day the CFLPA will actually have a leg to stand on in these negotiations. We might actually see a real fight between the two of them. It, it's still not that time. <laughs> We're not there. It, it should not be a difficult process. Go in there. Hey, let's keep the same, the same uh, deal as last time. Sure. All right, let's play football. Like, just stamp a deal. Let's go. Let's move on. Let's watch football. I hate to say it. I don't know what the player leverage the players have right now because after a pandemic and rights being down and further, uh, other than the possible XFL, USFL competition for players, like the market is shrinking. So I don't know where the extra money is going to come from at this point until unless this genius stuff works out. I'm not even going to think about the USFL until they actually survive a season. One of these leagues might actually do it. I don't think it's this one. I think it'll be the XFL under the rock, but that's, that's next year's problem. Hey, speaking of the rock, uh, they're doing a, the young rock series is actually going to cover his time with the Stampeders. I absolutely had to. He's been high on that as his life turning point forever. Could you imagine them not doing it? But I want I want to know. Like, I've been trying to figure out who the hell is playing Wally. Like, I want to know who is playing Wally. That is all I want to know. But I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. You know why? Because we don't talk about Buono. No, no. We don't talk about Buono. Yes. Bye, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's out yes! of the bucket and he's gone. And just like that, Steve is gone. I've been trying to set that up all night and he walked <laughs> right into it. That was excellent. <laughs> oh man. I can't think of a better way to end the show. That, that's it. <laughs> oh, oh, he's back. <laughs> I didn't say I would stay away. Oh, Steve, like I was telling Alex, I was trying to set that up all night and you literally walked right in on it. I know. As soon as you said Buono, I died inside and I went, <laughs> oh no. Oh no, this this is where it goes. Oh, and another thing about uh, the whole the Rock thing and everything, the CFL like the Rock's making money off of this. The CFL should be making some money off this. Let's talk to Roman Reigns. Let's talk to the Rock about their time in the CFL and getting cut. Now, obviously, Roman Reigns actually played a few games. Uh, Joe, no, is it Anoy? Anoyi. Anoyi. Uh, so, but he played for the Edmonton franchise. Redacted. <laughs> but I mean, like, bring these guys. I know they had uh, they had Roman Reigns show up to a game, but like, do a documentary on that because you're going to bring in some wrestling fans as well who are now going to all of a sudden pay attention to the CFL. Talk to Carl Weathers. Yeah, BC Lions. There's lots of them. CFL, or- get on it. Or if you're me, you could talk to you could talk to the Hulk, the old Hulk, when I used to think he played in the CFL. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> go, go to the archives. It's funny. <laughs> so in closing, CFL. Do something. Get your hard hat on. Get your boots, work boots on. Get to work because you have a lot to do. And we're giving you ideas here for free. Like, come on. We should be getting paid for this. This is easy stuff. This is introductory CFL 
101 stuff that should be going out to fans like come on you guys let's let's get to work here let's see some great content and let's see some great product on the field because that's all we want we just want to be entertained and just just let us have it please if the cfl reddit guy can get a job in the cfl our turns next they're they're coming they're hey like i said three-man booth put luke beside do a four-man with luke I say we apply. Better than the options they got right now. It would be it would be like the movie Step Brothers where they interview as a team. <laughs> that would be a disaster. Oh man. I'd I'd say it'd be better than nothing, but would it? I don't know. I, I gotta admit, when they had the the CBC lockout, was it two thousand four? And they five. Somewhere around there, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was the year after we had the, hosted the Grey Cup, but whatever. Anyway, that was great. Early two thousands, and they had no commentary, and all you got was the in stadium announcer. I love those games. I'm sorry, those were good. Turn up the mics from on the like on the field, the sideline mics. You blast those. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that was great football. Do that CFL. Do one like. Or TSN offer an alternate feed where you, all you have to, all you have is that. I would watch that. And the thing is, is, you don't even have to have any extra production for that. You just literally don't turn on a button. <laughs> that just I'm alternate, in. alternate feed, no commentary. Give it to me. Yeah. This is where somebody will tell you they got five TSN channels. Why can't they use one? I don't know where to go from there. I don't know. I, I, I thought we were leaving on a high note and Steve came back. Yeah. We grew in the mojo, Steve. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Y'all can bite me. <laughs> well, that'll do it for the Piffles Podcast this week. Thanks so much for joining us. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Now time for my favorite part of the show. Greg singing to Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. We don't talk about Bois, no, no. Sir.